Good morning. It's good to see you all on this uh, second Sunday of the season of, of Advent. You know, you don't see a lot of John the Baptist um, Christmas cards. You can just imagine them. Um, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Merry Christmas and happy holidays. And that's John's message for us uh, today. I'm glad you all came for that. Um, maybe not what you were expecting as we get closer to the season of Christmas. Um, and it's not lost on me that John came in the wilderness. We're told that over and over. John won crying out in the wilderness. The wilderness is, of course, an actual physical place, the wilderness of Judea. It is a rocky, dusty, barren, desolate place. Um, the actual geographical location of John's preaching, John's ministry of baptizing, and uh, as is often the case in Scripture, things sometimes point to something deeper, to something beyond themselves. John comes in the wilderness, into, that is, the place of difficulty, of uncertainty, the place where you, you have to trust God. Um, and he comes inviting the people to repent. Not a particularly popular uh, idea or message, especially at Advent. Lent, maybe we get it. We talk a little bit about that during the season of Lent, but it seems so jarring here in the midst of Advent as we uh, come closer to Christmas. Calling the people in the wilderness to a life of repentance. Um, to that is metanoia, that's the Greek word there, to turn, to turn around, to face a new direction, to reorient our lives towards God's coming among us, <clears throat> the God who comes again and again and again to us, to be focused there, that's John's message. And this turning is about much more than a simple kind of reorientation of our, our, our physical bodies. It's not a kind of look over there sort of thing. It, it really is about a change of heart. A redirection of our attention away from the, from the noise and the clutter and the distractions that so often preoccupy our time and energy. And it's about letting go of all of that being detached from all of those things that, that we cling to, believing they will satisfy us, give us the peace we long for. It's about relinquishing all of that, turning towards God and having a posture of openness to receive Christ whenever and however Christ comes. To receive the peace that God longs to give. To invite Christ to be born in us anew. St. Augustine observed, O God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. There is indeed a lot of restlessness, unsettledness. We are an anxious people living in an anxious age. We are not unlike John, wilderness wanderers. And of course, not all of our anxiety is misplaced because there are real challenges real difficulties, real concerns that face us and our world. But that said, 
John would have us consider how we avoid being defined and driven by those anxieties and instead focused on the God who is coming among us, who's bringing something new. How do we hear John's invitation and make the turn that John imagines so that our, that our orientation is, is always towards God and the things of God and what God might be doing in our midst? How do we get ourselves in the place just right to receive Jesus when He comes knocking at the door of our hearts desiring to be welcomed in? to make his home with us and among us? How in an anxious world can you become quiet enough, still enough, to hear that small voice of God speaking truth and hope and life? And finally, peace. Last week we heard from the prophet Isaiah a message of, of hope. Not sentimental optimism, that we're able to fix things and, and make everything okay, but rather a word of hope. That God is coming to put the world to rights. And this morning we hear a similar message from yet another prophet, from one in a long line of prophets uh, to Israel, John the Baptist. Not Baptist in the sense that we think of Baptist, but John the Baptizer, the one who is baptizing the one who prepares the way for God's coming among us. In Jesus, in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. And what Jesus brings, John says, is the fulfillment of Isaiah's vision. That vision that we encountered last week in last Sunday's reading from the prophet Isaiah. What we encounter in Jesus, John says, is the kingdom that Isaiah imagined, finally and fully on earth. John is preparing the way, calling the people to turn around, to be prepared, to pay attention, to focus on God and the things of God, in order that we might then welcome the one that Isaiah says is the shoot that shall come from the stock of Jesse, the one on whom the Spirit of the Lord rests. With righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And then that vision, the wolf shall lie down with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Isaiah's vision of, of peace, of peace coming on earth as it is in heaven, Finally and fully, John says, uh, it is among you in this one named Jesus. Don't miss it. Pay attention. Be prepared. The Christmas gospel, the message uh, that God has come among us and, and is always coming among us to give us God's self and God's peace, that God has invaded our world to reclaim it and to make it and us new, is to some a threat, think about Herod and his response to this announcement, and to others a, a great promise and gift. It is, however, to all the world a message about how God has turned the world upside down, has upset both the power structures of the world and our assumptions about how the world works, 
in order to give us a better story, a different way of being human. It, it is the Christmas message, uh, the, the announcement that God is radically reworking the world, and, and that, that renewal begins in the birth of a child, the embodiment of God's peace, Jesus the Christ. And what John warns the, the, the religious leaders uh, against is, is domesticating or sanitizing that message in order to control the God who is coming, to try to manage the God who is coming, uh, to make um, God useful for our agendas. John will, will have none of that. Crying out in the wilderness... John says our religious institutions and traditions cannot and must not be used as a defense mechanism to protect us against the purging fire of God's love. This strange holy man boldly proclaims that God has come and is coming like an earth mover, leveling mountains, raising valleys, building a highway straight to us to bring us God's peace. And God will not stop until God's will is finally done and God's peace is among us. So, John says, turn around, pay attention, be ready. You don't want to miss it. In this season prone to sentimentality, it's important, I think, that we remember that the, the Christmas story, the gospel message, is not about the power of positive thinking or learning to live our best life. John's message is clear. It's watch, be ready, be prepared. God, God is arriving among you. Make the road smooth and the path straight. And then he says this, the real action is coming next. I'm a mere stagehand, John says, to the one who is yet to come. I'm baptizing you in this, in this river in the wilderness turning your, your old life into kingdom life, but He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, with God's very presence, changing you from the inside out. God wants us to know peace, shalom, wholeness. And that, John says, requires making a turn and letting go. It requires trust. As a kid, I had, uh, attended a Quaker summer camp. My, um, I've shared this with you before. All of my ancestors were Quaker before my great-grandfather, Carl, uh, decided he would marry a Methodist school teacher and uh, become the, um, uh, the outcast in the family and go hang out with those, those crazy Methodists. Um, but kind of in that tradition, I always went to the, the Quaker summer camp that was not far from where I grew up, and um, we didn't sit around in silence. Um, they, you know, we were kids. So they knew better than that. Um, but um, I did learn silence there. I also uh, bumped into an old Shaker hymn that some of you probably um, are familiar with, a hymn that talks about the gifts of simplicity and freedom and coming down in life to the place just right. The refrain reminds us that to bow and to bend we shall not be ashamed, to turn and to turn will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right. What I didn't know then when we sang that um, 
you know, accompanied by some 19-year-old on a guitar, um, was that in that turning is our peace. In that turning is the world's peace. That's what the hymn's about. And John and the prophets um, are pointing us to. That if at Christ's coming we are to find ourselves in the place just right, ready and prepared to receive Christ anew, to welcome God's peace fully and completely, to abide with Christ and dwell with Christ, then Advent is not about covering up the dark parts of our lives with a few holiday decorations. Rather, it involves turning, a reorientation of life, uh, letting go of some of our old ways of doing and being so that we might be open, receptive, willing to welcome God and God's peace in. Friends, we find peace not by rearranging the circumstances of our lives. We, we wear ourselves out trying that. But we, we find peace by realizing who we are. That, that, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that we belong to God and are loved by God. No matter what wilderness at times we may find ourselves in, God is there, John says. God is coming again and again and again and, and will not let you go. Wants to give you God's peace. So open your hearts, your lives, turn around and welcome God in. The Lord, the giver of life, is, is coming. The bringer of peace. Where there is darkness, He brings light. Where there is, is suffering, He brings comfort. Where there is hunger, He brings bread. Where there is war and anxiety and division and conflict, He brings peace. Not the absence of trouble, but the assurance of God's presence, even in the midst of the worst trouble. What we're talking about, what John is talking about, when we imagine our lives and the world being at peace is what Scripture calls shalom, wholeness. Uh, the wholeness and peace that only God can bring. And as Jamie Arpin Ritchie observes, shalom is what love looks like in the flesh. The embodiment of love in the midst of a broken creation. Shalom then is a hint of what was and what is to come. Where sin disintegrates and isolates, shalom or God's peace brings together and restores. Where fear and shame throw up walls and put on masks, shalom breaks down barriers and, and frees us from the pretense of our false selves. It is this wholeness that Isaiah and now John imagines, writing to a people who had experienced something of life in the wilderness, who knew of wars and rumors of wars, who were an oppressed people living in an occupied land, John recalls Isaiah's, Isaiah's vision and directs people's attention there to the one who is coming, upon whom the Spirit of the Lord rests, who will judge with righteousness, who is love in the flesh in the midst of a broken creation. 
and who will bring God's peace. John says, let go of all that you cling to that you think will bring you peace, that you think can satisfy your souls, and turn around and see what God is doing. In Jesus, Mary's Son, our peace. Someone has described discipleship, you know, a life of faith, as, as giving our attention to Jesus, focusing our attention there, trusting that Christ gazes back at us with loving embrace. That's a beautiful vision of the Christian life. Giving our attention, focusing our attention, our eyes on Christ, trusting that Christ gazes back in a loving embrace. So friends, in this Advent season, we're invited to do just that. To look full in Christ's wonderful face. And, and to trust that in His gaze, the things that frighten and, and disturb will grow strangely dim. In, in the midst of the frantic wilderness, to, to pause. To slow down. To breathe to listen, to pray, to discern, not decide. We're really good at the linear decision-making thing. To discern, which means to, to, to go through life with a quality of attentiveness to God and then live differently for having encountered God's presence anew. Following Christ's example and walking in His way. And as we lean into this, this season, maybe to think about a couple of different kinds of questions. Did I offer peace today? Did I bring a smile to someone's face? In a, in a world filled with words of hurt and harm and violence did, and division, did I say words of healing? Did I let go of my anger and resentment? Boy, that one's tough some days. Did I forgive? Did I love? I mean, answering these kinds of questions is the very best way to prepare for Christmas, to turn and face Jesus. Church, we, we have to trust that the little bit of love that we sow now will bear fruit here in this world and in the world to come. We have to trust that even in the wilderness of this life, the love that we offer to others in the name of Christ brings this weary world a little bit closer to the peace that John imagines, the peace that John announced. A peace found, yes, in turning, reorienting our lives, our gaze, our attention to Jesus, who is Emmanuel, who is God with us, and who is ultimately our peace. Thanks be to God. Amen.